You know, last night uh, we were with a few people, and uh, while John and his little black and gold was sitting there sobbing over the Steelers getting beat, I was uh, talking to Charles Nash, and uh, you know, I've always respected highly Charles and uh, looked up to him, still do. But uh, we were talking about this congregation, and uh, he said something to me, and Charles is one of those guys, he's like the OEF Hutton commercial, and he talks, he's got something to say, but he mentioned this is the best congregation he's ever attended, and I amen that. We've, uh, we've got a great group of people here. I've been here 22 years, been an elder 12 with five, and used to be six finest men you could ever four, I guess now, others, used to be five, that I all look up to, Jimmy and Don and David and Ron and, and, and Charles, and uh, been great mentors to me, but uh, I'm 57 years old, and this is, just, this is just a great play. I just wanted to, it'll get better, and it can get better. And we've seen bad times, and we've seen good times. But I want to tell you, the State of the Union we feel like, I think I can speak on the other guys, is, is very good here right now. And we wanted to continue that and continue growing as Christians. You know, Ben brought up something a few weeks ago about Abraham, a couple of great lessons, and then kind of piggybacking really on what you had to say today. Uh, you brought up a good point, why are we losing our younger people? And this has been going on really since I've been through my age bracket too. Um, and, I, and I look at Abraham and his life and what he was given as we see over in chapter 13 and I appreciate Danny reading that so well. But if you look over in chapter 12, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What did Moses do when he started out when God calls him? He makes excuses, doesn't he? I don't hear any excuses from Abraham. I hear no excuses. We have a great, all these men were great leaders in the Old and New Testament. But we see each of them had different weaknesses. But I've always heard Abraham was a, kind of the father of our faith, a good example as a human. And he, and he was. If you look at his life and you go over to Hebrews, the 11th chapter, what does Hebrews 11th chapter say about him? I think it's interesting. Hebrews 11th chapter says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. If we have in our minds, and we have many people that are looking to the future to be with God, Everything in this life, the perspectives are great. We have the right perspective in life. I heard Don Bassett say one time, and it's always stuck with me, that people in my grandparents' generations, my two grandfathers were very godly men, 
and my, my mom's mom was a very godly woman. What did they do? Pictures I've seen, Bibles I have received after their deaths have check marks in pencil where they've read these chapters of the Bible, all through the Bible. Were they better people than us? Was that generation better than us? If so, why? And I'm here to tell you, no, they weren't any better than us. But they didn't have the conveniences and the luxuries that we had. My granddads went out to work in the field with mules, as you talked about this morning. My grandfather at one time had seven kids, and all he owned was a mule. And he was given that by his brother. And they made it. They never went hungry. Never went without clothes. But when they got in from a day's work, what would they do? They'd had a lamp. What would they do? What would they have to do? Would they go to their Xbox? Would they turn the TV on? Would they turn the computer on? No. About all they had, probably, I know my grandparents, about all they had to read was this. There weren't periodicals being mailed out. Some people had subscriptions to certain magazines, but it was very few. They had this. It's all they had. If that's all I had... And I'm making excuses because I've got it. But I've got all these other things. You know, I love to see Vanderbilt play. But just let me just say Vanderbilt's not playing. Let me just say on a Tuesday evening, I'm coming in the den, and I'm sitting there, and I've got that Bible on that stand, and Kentucky's playing Kansas. I mean, I like Kentucky okay. I like Kansas okay. But, I'm, you know, they're not my team. But I've got a choice to make. I can either turn on ESPN and watch that game or read this and think about it. Well, I hate to tell you, but a lot of times I turn on that game and I'm saying, I'm going to read that when the game's over. What do I do? I don't read it. We have those things now that they didn't have back then. I miss that. But we have other things they didn't have. We have health care and we have the conveniences of cars and everything else. So they're all trade-offs. I know they got discouraged, and what kept their minds from going crazy was this book right here. Abraham gets a promise from God, and what does he do? He believes it. He doesn't make excuses like many other Bible characters that we read of. Jonah, Moses, Nehemiah, I mean, go through, Peter, some of them all have excuses. He has no excuses. But what he did, he looked at the big picture, and then he has his nephew. And even with all the herds he had and all everything he owned, he gives his nephew the best of land. Why? Because he knew it was temporary. It's a temporary place here. And if we could just put that with our children, one thing I, of many things I thank my dad for, he always gave me great advice. And when I was getting out of college, I had a great time in college. Um, I mean, I just had a great time. I look at those four years, I can tell you everything about them. I can't tell you the last 30 years working what's been going on because it's the same thing every day. But in college, I can tell you everything. One of my old roommates was in town from Houston yesterday, and we had breakfast together. I can, he was my roommate for three years. So I can, we reminisce about a lot of things. But my dad told me when I was graduating, I knew I was going to have to get a job. 
So I asked him what he thought. I wanted to get in sales. He said, son, you need to get sell commercial insurance. Those guys make a lot of money. But I'm telling you right now, my dad wasn't a sales guy. He was a financial guy. He said, these guys are just average Joe Smiths, and they make a lot of money. So I didn't know how to take that. Am I an average guy or what? But what he was telling me is, it's going to be tough, he said, for the first five or ten years. But after that, you're going to make a good living for your family. And I took it, like Abraham said, and I did that. And I went and interviewed. And I waited and picked out the job I thought long-term would be the best. And God has blessed me beyond measure. But many times the things that we see right now we want or the things that we want to do are not the right, they're not the right choice. Abraham here, he makes the right choice because he's got the end in sight. You know, Mitch has seven kids. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him. But I'd go crazy with seven kids. Seven kids, can you imagine? I mean, they're homeschooled and they're all sick all the time. I don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, they're all in that little division compound over there. But you know, Mitch, what has gotten me growing as a Christian has been ever since he got here. I've never seen anybody with an outlook that he has. I've never seen anybody with the humility that he has as a preacher. And you, these elders can tell you, we meet with him every month. He is a good person. Hope he's here a long, long time. But Mitch looks at the big picture. He doesn't worry about stuff. He's a great example to me and you, just like a lot of you are to me and to each other. And that's what God intends as a church, is us to build on each other and work with each other, get into each other's lives and be a part of each other's lives. Abraham here, he wants to do what's best for who? His family. And he takes care of his nephew, doesn't he? But his nephew's looking at the short picture, and what does he do? He gets in trouble, doesn't he? And he bails him out. And I just want to leave you with just a few points here why I think Abraham was a man of great faith. He had proper perspectives of life. He had great faith, as we read in Hebrews 11th chapter. He was obedient to God. He didn't question God. Now, he did lie about his wife one time. He wasn't a perfect man, and he probably had other faults. But he had complete devotion to God. In the seventh verse of chapter 12 of Genesis, it says, The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to God who had appeared to him. He immediately, he didn't question, he did what God told him to do. And that's what we need to do as we read the Bible, is we see things in our life where we're fearful to say things in the workplace now because of the laws that have passed in this country. And a lot of our moral standards have been changed by laws. What do I take? Do I take that or do I take this? We have choices to make. We better be doing what the Lord says here. What about the peacefulness, allowing Lot to take that land? He wasn't, he wasn't cause, causing any dissension. How many people have seen in their families just arguments over just money? When somebody dies, you got siblings 
that don't speak to each other. I mean, I know Christians that from an inheritance standpoint, they're not speaking to each other. I know some right now that inherited farms and the brothers got so mad over these two farms and they weren't even farmers. One was an engineer and the other one was a pilot. And they don't even speak to this day. They split it up and they don't even speak to each other. Is that worth it? Are they looking at the big picture of things? Students, when you're getting out, going into college, you need to have fun, clean fun, but you need to look at the big picture. What am I doing this for? What, why am I living this life? What do I want to have in the future? That's what we need to look at. He was able to control his household. He was a good parent. He was a good husband. In Genesis 18, I'm not going to read this, but in verse 23 through 30, or, or verse, I'm sorry, Genesis 18, 19 on this one, he says, I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised to him. And he did that. We know that Abraham did that. In his interest in others, he was very interested in others as, as this goes down in the 18th chapter where he goes into Sodom and he pleads with God to save that place. Remember that? How many righteous people? He says, if you can find 10 righteous people, I will save it. Why would Abraham plead for that? Because he was looking at the big picture. And the big picture is we all want to be at home with God one day and we want to take as many people with us as we can because of God's love for us that we have for others. So, in conclusion, this is a short lesson, but we should follow Abraham's steps. As I close in Romans, the fourth chapter, Romans, the fourth chapter, verse 12, to make him the father, and this is talking about Abraham, justified by faith, the father of the circumcised, who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. So the footsteps that we walk, we have a pioneer that has done that for us, Jesus Christ. That's the footsteps we walk. Before that, Abraham followed the footsteps of God, never questioning, just doing. If we can go through the rest of our life, yes, we're not going to understand certain things in the storms of our life. And yes, we will have answers for everything one day. But learning to accept the grace of God, even in the storms of life, is something that we can achieve if we have the proper perspective of life. Abraham was that great example that we have.